Okay, um, I'm going to speak for 15 minutes and then we're going to break bread. So if anyone wants to um, keep me on track in terms of time, that would be awesome. Uh, how are your encouragement levels? Are you, are you feeling encouraged? Are you feeling that, is there a little bit of you going, oh, that sounds really good for everybody else, but my life's still a bit tough, actually. Um, in, um, in the Old Testament, um, Abraham give, gives, um, sorry, God gives Abraham uh, a promise that he's going to be the father of many nations. Do you remember that? And then Paul picks up on this in Romans, and uh, he says that actually this, Abraham believed the promise, but even his believing the promise was a gift from God. And I want to say this morning, if you're struggling to, to believe and to hold on to the promises that are over your life, even the effort of believing it, the faith comes from God. Marsha uh, mentioned it earlier on. It said, by faith that we believe, and faith is a gift from God, isn't it? So I just want to encourage us. One of the reasons this morning we're going to break bread is because I just want us to come back to him and to be reminded and to be convinced again so that faith rushes into us and actually we find ourselves encouraged to believe the promises of God over our lives. Um, in Romans 4, um, uh, verse 17, um, it says this, That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. That's a pretty good belief, isn't it? Believe in the God who brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how, my, uh, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even at about a hundred years of age. He figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's room. Is that my phone? All right, um, we'll carry on. Um, Abraham never wavered in believing. It's your phone, Patricia. There you go. Awesome. Um, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and um, in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. I want us to be fully convinced. Um, so uh, I, um, I had a sozo last year. Um, who's, who's ever had a sozo? A few? Um, I would really encourage you. These are awesome. Um, basically, th- this is where you get to just sit in a room with a couple of people and you don't have to do anything other than just listen, just engage with God. And these two people um, uh, just help you to engage with, what is the Father saying to you? And it sounds like that might be a bit of a challenge for us uh, to sit in a room and and experience that kind of thing. And there might be some fear around, oh, am I actually going to hear from him or not? But you know what? I just encourage you to try it. (laughs) There's a number of churches around here that do Sozo's. South End Christian Fellowship um, do them. Eastgate do them. Um, And uh, it's just a really helpful thing just to get a little bit of MOT time with Jesus. Um, And uh, so I had a Sozo last year and um, I shared, I think, some of it about um, how I found myself pictured on a battlefield. And um, 
uh, and I, I experienced God's perspective on this on this scene this battlefield which which really encouraged me and I think I've shared that before but um, it got me thinking about about the battlefield and then actually there's other fields and I just wanted to ask you what field you relate to Um, for me it was the battlefield Um, you know that sense of will I ever get my breakthrough Um, will I keep feeling like I'm at war Um, will I ever get the victory if you're dealing with sickness if you're dealing with um, issues in family life or in finance life can just sometimes feel like you're in a battle Um, yeah and um, I I, I found myself feeling a bit like that Um, I also was thinking about the labourers field Um, sometimes you can feel like you know the, the older brother in Luke 15 in you know the prodigal son story um, the older brother, he, it says that he spent the day working out in the field. And uh, he was working and working, and he'd done this for years. And actually what had grown in his heart was, was resentment. Um, and distance from the father had grown up, because he'd got preoccupied. He'd got preoc- he thought life had become about working hard in the field. And actually for us, sometimes life can just feel like it's just hard work. Yeah? Um, you can just feel like you're plowing into stuff, you're sowing, you know, even harvesting is exhausting. You know, we talk about, oh, let's bring in the harvest. Harvesting is exhausting. Have you seen farmers when they're harvesting? You know, it's, it's long days. Um, my voice is getting squeaky, isn't it? Um, what field do you think you're in? Um, what about this? What about the forgotten field? Do you feel like you're in, a, in the fallow field? You know, like you think, oh, I look back on my life and there was real activity. There was loads of stuff I was involved with. And now I just feel like I'm not really involved with anything and it just feels boring. Maybe you're in that place at the minute of thinking a little bit like that. Um, or maybe you feel like, actually, um, my field has become a desert. <laughs> my field's become a bit of a wasteland. Um, you feel like nothing's growing at the moment. Um, I don't know which one you relate to. You might not relate to any of them. Um, You see, what I had to realize in my sozo was that there was a lie that I was believing. What I was believing was that I was destined for the battlefield. And uh, I had to see again that actually Jesus had been to the battlefield for me. And what he did was he brought me through to a green pasture. And when you catch sight of the fact that you've been brought through to a green pasture... And that that's your home, that just sets it all straight. And I feel like some of us just need to engage with this again. You need to be convinced again that your destiny is a green pasture. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. Actually, I didn't like that translation. Let me just pick a better one. Um, Because it just downplays... Um, you know, there's, it says he makes me lie down in green pastures. Do you know, sometimes what God will do is he will just let you get exhausted by doing stuff in your own strength until you just run out of yourself. And then you have to lie down. And he will bring you to your knees. Um, and some of us, and I, I think I was like this, and, and can, I'm still prone to this, I can just be full of self-reliance. I can just, you know, I can do a lot. I can keep going, keep going, keep going. And then I realise actually I'm not living from a place of green pasture. I've managed to get myself back on the battlefield and, and be living life out like that. Um, 
The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Can I just say, how did you ever get to the green pastures in the first place? I want to suggest you got to the green pastures through the still waters. Did you ever read Narnia? Did you ever read the first book where, the, the, where Narnia is created? In order for them to access Narnia, they had to go through pools of water. Do you remember that? You got to the green pastures because of the cross and because of resurrection. And actually, this speaks of baptism. There's something incredible. You see, in here it talks about these still waters. And our baptism is, obviously, it's in water, isn't it? You know, that's kind of the point. But that's what it's speaking of. It's speaking of, actually, you had to die with Christ and be raised again. You had to go through the waters of baptism in order to come through to green pastures. And I want you to remind you of your baptism. You, you were baptized because you responded to Jesus. Baptism is one of the most stunning things. Um, it, um, it speaks of... It speaks of association, doesn't it? I guess, first of all, it speaks of commitment. Um, I, see, I see it a bit like a, a marriage, you know. Um, I wear a wedding ring because I'm committed to Leo. She's got a wedding ring on, I've got a wedding ring on. Jesus was baptised. I was baptised. You, if you've been baptised, you were baptised. You've, you've been able to, you've got that. In, in the early church, um, there were believers who, once they became Christians... They, weren't, they hadn't been baptized yet. One of the things that motivated them to be baptized was so that they could associate with the other um, believers who were being persecuted and killed for their faith. Because the thing is that salvation is an internal thing, isn't it? Um, baptism is an external demonstration of it. And, and everybody knows then in that culture, once you've been baptized, you're then associated with the persecuted. But actually, Jesus was so compelling and living with him was such an attractive thing that people couldn't bear to not be associated with their brothers and sisters. And so being baptized and being counted as one of them was a really, really important thing. Um, And it speaks of... um, uh, It speaks of surrender... One of the things about getting baptized, you've, you've all seen, even if you've not been baptized, I bet you've seen a baptism. There's only one way to get baptized, and that's just to fall backwards. <laughs> and it's a bit like being in these green pastures. Sometimes you've just got to fall backwards. And I, I want to remind you to live in that place again. You were motivated to get baptized because you just loved him. And you wanted to do what he said because you wanted to be united with him. Um, If you've not been baptized yet, I just want to say to you, break off any shame of the fact that you've not been baptized yet and just come and talk to us because we want to baptize you. We've got children who are waiting to get baptized. So at some point we're going to do a baptism um, thing. In fact, I think Wildfire might even be talking about baptism. Are they talking about this this morning? Um, So I feel God is really on this. Um, I, I want us to be baptizing again. Uh, we haven't done baptisms for a little while. Uh, so please just come, get involved, um, get baptised. Um, did I want to say anything else? Yeah, I just wanted to make it practical. And um, Is it Liz? 
Is it Liz? Yeah, I just wanted to pick up on what you said at the end of worship. Um, living in the green pastures is a lifestyle. We're talking about creating culture in this church, and um, uh, this, this, um, we're doing a whole series, aren't we, on culture, and Jules and Marsha and Ruth have done a great job in the last few weeks in setting that up. But I want to say, we're going to create a culture by the way we live our lives. <laughs> it's really simple. What you value, you will do. Um, a little while ago, I got it into my head that I wanted to run a marathon. Um, and so I trained through last year, and I got to the point that I ran a marathon. Now, I had to change my life to do that. And then I did the marathon, and then I had Christmas off and my birthday, and I've eaten an awful lot of birthday cake and Christmas cake. And now I'm running again because I'm going to do a half marathon in um, a few weeks' time. And um, I'm really out of shape because my lifestyle changed. I, I changed. I, I went back to being on the sofa just eating a lot of cake. I don't know if you saw photographs of my birthday cake, but it's absolutely stunning and enormous. Um, and I ate 75% of it. So um, now we have to live differently and creating a culture is as simple as how we live. So there's a practice. You know, every morning, and I just want to be really, really honest, and I'm not saying this to show off, and I'm not saying this because I'm any different than the rest of you, and loads of you have got more stunning, um, intimate lives with God than I have. But I just want to say, every morning I wake up, the first thing I do is connect with Jesus. I have to. I'm prone <laughs> to fear and dread sometimes. I don't know if you're ever like that. Sometimes I can have a wave of thoughts that want to invade my head that aren't great. Okay, Um, And I have to engage with him first. And I want to challenge you, start your day by engaging with him first. Let him be the soundtrack to your day and not the fear and dread stuff that comes rushing in. Because it will rush in if you let it. But I've trained myself now not to let it in. I, I literally start every day, I'm, I, I will talk to him. I'm half awake, I'm half asleep, I'm coming to. I will talk to him first. Before I talk to Leo, actually. Normally because she's still asleep. Um, but um, but I, will, I will engage with it. And then the next thing I do is I read my Bible. I, I will read my Bible. 15 minutes, I will read it. Every day. I've made it a discipline. I've just made it a habit. I'm not saying this because I want to condemn anybody or be a show-off. I I was challenged last year to read, read the whole Bible. And someone said to me, if you do 15 minutes every day, you'll read the entire Bible in one year. And I thought, really? Is that true? So I'm, I don't know what day I'm up to now, 160 or something, I don't know. Um, I'm, just, I'm just making that a discipline every day. I'm just reading it, and I'm reading it, and I'm reading it, and I'm reading it, and I'm reading it. And um, there's some like, boring hard bits, as you know, um, but you just keep reading it. You just go, I'm not bothered about the boring hard bits. I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep going because I know it's doing something to the way that I live, and it changes my perspective, and it means that I'm, st- I'm not living on a battlefield anymore. I'm living from a place of a green pasture. And that doesn't mean I don't go through tough stuff. Um, I love some of the songs that we sing, but some of the theology I'm just not agreeing with anymore. (laughs) We still have so many songs that are about separation. 
aren't they? There's still this thing of, oh, you know, Jesus, would you come? Or I'm coming to you. Or, you know, I, and Joe, please don't take that the wrong way. I really engaged with the, the song this morning and really loved it. And um, Leo was absolutely plastered before she went out to kids work for doing that song. So it's absolutely awesome. And God uses it all anyway. I'm just saying, I am in a green pasture. And I will find that there are battlefield circumstances but as it says in the bottom, that you carry on reading that psalm. I haven't got time now, but read that psalm. It says that actually in the presence of your enemies, he will anoint your head with oil. He will lay a table out, a feast out. We're supposed to live at a, a feast table. Most of us think that we're supposed to live at the foot of the cross. You know, we've got this March of Witness thing happening on Good Friday. I think it's false advertising. Jesus doesn't live on the cross. I, always, I grew up with like, looking at crucifixes and stuff. and It never made any sense to me. Jesus isn't there. A better symbol for Christianity would be a throne with Jesus sitting on it. <laughs> with a big old smile on his face. With me sitting on his lap. <laughs> be a much better symbol of Christianity. Or you sitting on his lap. Us sitting. Do you know what I mean? That's where we are now. We're seated in heavenly places, it says in Ephesians. That is where we live. But we go to the battlefield or we go to the arm in the desert. Jesus went to the desert for you. He spent 40 days, 40 nights in there. He defeated Satan. He went to the cross to bring you through to a green pasture. You don't need to be in a desert. You don't need to live like that. There is so much going on, isn't there? You, every day there's opportunities for us to reconnect with him. Um, we're going to break bread now. If you, if you know that you need to be convinced again then I want you to take bread and wine with me. Okay? If you just know, I'm, I'm, I, this is me all in. Jesus, you went to the cross. The full story, you know. Emmanuel, Jesus came. You know, we've just done Christmas. He is Emmanuel. He is with you all of the time. The whole gospel story. He was born. He came. He died on the cross. He was risen again. He ascended. He took us with him. He seated us in heavenly places. He is coming back. You know, why are we talking so much about making earth like heaven? So that when he comes, he feels at home. That's what we're here for, isn't it? I want Jesus to come in the room and feel at home and feel welcome. Like, oh, this is what it's like up there. That's what we want, isn't it? Okay, I think some of you are going, I think that's what we want. I think so. You're a bit scared. Um, uh, can we stand? I don't mean to whip you up. Do you feel whipped up? Um, you are such a delight to heaven. And um, you, you're on the planet now because Jesus wants to show off. And he trusts you so much. And uh, he wants you to be all in. Because he was all in for you. And he is all in for you. And uh, so Jesus, I just want to thank you that you are all in for me. I thank you that you held nothing back. That before the foundation of the earth, when you knew that sin was going to come, when you knew that I was going to be disobedient, when you knew that we were going to reject you, you came anyway And Jesus, you have set us up to live a life in relationship with you. And Jesus, we this morning, we want to tell you that we are all in. We just want to tell you we're all in. We just want to tell you that we love you. We don't want to live from a place that's a lie. We don't want to live from a striving place. God, we don't want to live from a a barren place. 
Lord, we don't want to live from a forgotten place. Jesus, we, we want to live in the green pasture. So that, Lord, when there are dark nights, we're not even aware of the dark nights because your light is just bright. That when sickness comes, when battles do come, Jesus, we are more aware of the feast in front of us. That we are aware that you went to the cross for us on our behalf. That we can go nowhere to get out of your presence. Jesus, I want to thank you that your life and your hope surges through our veins that when we don't even feel like trusting when we don't even feel like believing i want to thank you that just as with abraham that you pour faith in you even do that for us you even take the work out of believing by giving us the very nutrients that we need in order to believe you so Lord, we make a choice this morning to believe you we repent where we've we've not believed you where we repent where we've chosen to live in places other than the green pastures that you bought and paid for us to live in You've given us the title deeds of that place. And we repent. We say sorry when we've chosen to live in other fields, other houses, other places. But Jesus, we want to go out of here, from here absolutely convinced, believing you for your promises, for our own lives, for our city, for our nation, for this planet. Thank you, Father. Amen. Yeah, Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you that you... Your body was broken for us, uh, Jesus. You held nothing back, including your own body. And uh, just like Liz said earlier on, we want to present our bodies to you uh, as living sacrifices. So, Lord, as we receive um, this bread and wine, Jesus, we remember what you have done for us. And it is stunning. Thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. And Lord, it's a pleasure now for us to live lives that are sacrificial, Lord, but that are lives that are content, lives that are satisfied with what you've done for us. Thank you that your goodness speaks into our circumstances. Lord, we don't make light of difficult circumstances, but Lord, I want to thank you that your cross speaks into our circumstances and it puts hope in and it changes things. Jesus, thank you that it was your blood that was spilt. Thank you that it was your, it it says, doesn't it, by your stripes we've been healed. Thank you that the cross, the crucifixion, the resurrection, it speaks of our healing as well as our salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen.